Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. Welcome into Health Matters right here on CNA 938, everybody. On today's edition, it's all things cholesterol as we debunk some myths and embrace some truths. You know, we've got concerns over our cardiac health in Singapore, blood pressure. It's time to break down the biggest misconceptions you might have about cholesterol. Is all cholesterol bad? Would you definitely be able to feel it if you had high cholesterol? Eating eggs is going to bump up your cholesterol, isn't it? Or is it? I'm going to find out more as I speak to Dr. William Cristanto, interventional cardiologist based at Farrah Park Hospital. This is Health Matters. Doc, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me live in the studio. Welcome in. Hi, thank you for having me. Let's talk about cholesterol first. How serious a problem is cholesterol in Singapore, honestly, at the end of the day? So I first, I think first we need to define the problem. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the bad cholesterol. Mm. And when people talk about cholesterol, actually what we doctors are referring to is actually the low-density lipoprotein, mm. or LDL in short. So as we know, cholesterol is uh, divided into the uh, high-density uh, lipoproteins, the HDL, and that is what we know as the good cholesterol. And of course, the bad cholesterol is the low-density lipoproteins, which is the LDL. Okay. So in general, what kind of trends are we seeing in terms of cholesterol in Singapore? So basically, we are seeing an increase in the number of patients with um, dyslipidemia or basically uh, bad cholesterol. And I think largely it's because of the diet and lifestyle that we have. Mm. So we um, sometimes eat in the hawker center yeah. where there's a lot of fried food and oily food and we don't get to exercise as much. Mm. So that results in the accumulation of uh, bad cholesterol in the body. So really dietary cholesterol contributes to overall cholesterol? Yes and no. So I think overall, the um, the cholesterol levels in your body is individualized. Mm. So it's something personalized. So not everyone has the same efficiency in breaking down the bad cholesterol. Right. So the analogy that I like to tell my patients is that your liver, where the cholesterol is broken down, mm. is kind of like a factory. And each of us have a fixed number of uh, what we call the LDL receptor which is like the factory workers. Okay. So if I had more factory workers, I could process the bad cholesterol faster and clear the bad cholesterol from my system. Mm. On the other hand, if I was uh, born with a not so efficient um, liver, then I cannot clear the bad cholesterol. And what happens is that every day when I continue to eat um, certain food, which is oily, the bad cholesterol just gets accumulated just because my liver is unable to handle the uh, amount of cholesterol that we take. So that is why we always say that the uh, dietary cholesterol determines the, um, um, the, the accumulation of plaques in the body. Mm. Because what happens is that over a long time, you are unable to break down the bad cholesterol. Right. And this bad cholesterol gets, um, it travels in the body and it gets deposited in the arteries. Mm. And that leads to um, heart blockages and stroke. And the medical word for that is arteriosclerosis. The thing is, you don't know where it's depositing. That's the problem. Exactly. So the root cause is really still the, uh, the, the accumulation of bad cholesterol over the years mm -hmm. and resulting in the deposition in the heart arteries and in the other parts of the bodies. And you can feel fine when all this is happening, right? Yeah, because this is actually a function of time. So it's, it's kind of like the... Um, the sewage or the drains where you have the accumulation of like algae or bed, you know, debris along the, the pipes and you the, the, the water, the current will still flow. Mm -hmm. But over time, it just gets more and more deposited 
And you can only um, start to have symptoms at a really late stage. And yeah. sometimes that's a bit too late. Exactly. Yeah. Got a lot of great questions coming in. Let's go to the WhatsApp hotline, 963-11938. You fire WhatsApp to cross and asks, if my cholesterol is at a good level now after taking um, it for over 10 years, I guess he means cholesterol controlling medication, probably statins. Uh, for over 10 years. Can I stop taking the statins? Uh, I'm sure you get this a lot, right? That's an excellent question. It is a very difficult question, although it seems quite easy to answer. So I think one of the key concepts is that the cholesterol targets for individual has to be personalized. So for example, if I were a 25-year-old male and mm. I have no blockage, so I'm considered to be of low risk. I don't have hypertension. I don't have diabetes. I have no family history. I do not smoke. So I'm of a low risk uh, category. Right. So I do not need to control my cholesterol as tightly. So in that setting, if I manage to achieve my um, blood cholesterol level of within um, what is set for a normal limit for low risk, then I may not need to take medication. Mm. But conversely, if I were a 30-year-old male, with risk factors such as smoking, diabetes, a very strong family of heart attack. And in that situation, even though I may have seemingly normal cholesterol, I may want to be a bit more aggressive in lowering my cholesterol level because, you know, the, the risk is there. Mm. And it's not so simple. And, and we talk about the bad things about cholesterol, which is ultimately the deposition of um, cholesterol in the in the lining of the vessels, leading mm -hmm. to heart blockages. It's it's not so simple as to high cholesterol equals to blockages. Right. So there are other factors as well. So the long shot of it is that to answer this question, it really depends on the individual and the level of risk that has been assigned to him. That's why you really have to have a close conversation with your doctor and, and see your risk profile. Exactly. So the general message is that, yes, you want to lower your LDL as low as possible. Mm. But for certain individuals, you even want to be even more intensive in LDL lowering therapies. Got it. You yeah. fine. Thank you for that question. Chris, what's up to cross? And Chris asks, Hi, Doc. Can a person with borderline high cholesterol consume two eggs daily? Or... Maybe three to four eggs per week in that sense. Speaking of dietary cholesterol, that's what do you a, think? That's a great question. It's always the eggs. The eggs it's get the a eggs, bad yeah, rep, exactly. man. So I, um, in my years of studying, I think how research came about with regards to understanding cholesterol better was really through observation. So a bit of sidetrack, but it started in the um, Nazi Germany in Norway. Mm -hmm. So what happened, they noticed that after the war, the Norwegians were having a lower lifespan compared to during the war. And they actually realized it was the butter. The Nazis confiscated the butter and hence, you know, they were having apparently longer life. So people got interested in the food that they ate. They noticed a pattern and then came the egg yolk theory, the egg. So they noticed that, hey, how come people who eat a lot, eat a lot of eggs get heart attack? So that's where they put one plus one equals to two and egg became the bad guy yeah. and it you know came out in the guidelines and such but I think recently it got debunked it kind of got debunked I yeah. remember covering this actually and so this is another great uh, point that you brought up so there's a lot of legacy yes so it takes a long time for mainstream um, um, media to, to and, and the public to really follow the latest trend yeah. and with regards to cholesterol that's really new advances in the understanding and the uh, treatment of cholesterol so the bottom line is what the, eggs, the jury is still out on eggs are so you are what you eat, and it's the egg yolk, actually, that is the cause of the high LDL. Right. I think the guidelines suggest that one egg per day is okay. But also how you're eating the egg, if it's fried with a carrot cake, that's different altogether. Of course. So it's the egg yolk plus the high, um, the oil. Yeah. yeah.
Chris, great question. Thank you very much. Uh, we had a WhatsApp come across from James. James asks, is too much HDL bad for you? Wow, that's a complex question. So we, we, you call it a good cholesterol. Yeah, right? so if you Google, there is this HDL U-shaped paradox, and that's very concerning. Basically, um, you would expect that the higher HDL you had, you had a lower risk of death. But what they noticed across um, population studies was that there's an inflection point where when your HDL level goes up beyond a certain value, mm. your risk actually goes up, forming a U-shaped paradox. And that's very important because of the concept of the, uh, the ratio, that HDL to LDL ratio. So again, a lot of legacy that if you had a good cholesterol, what you call it, the, the index, the ratio, yes. you were fine. But right. if you had a high HDL and you had a high LDL, your ratio is good. You so, can't have too much of a good thing. Yeah, and, and, and but interestingly enough, not to my knowledge, I don't see any guidelines that actually use the ratio as a guide okay. to how to target cholesterol. Uh. So most of the contemporary guidelines in Asia, in Europe, in America, target the LDL level, the absolute LDL level. So if you can't even get that right, we don't even talk about HDL and triglycerides. So it's really the LDL. So back to the question of the HDL, it's a, it will become a fallacy or rather a false assurance that you think you have a high HDL and hence you have a high LDL, you don't really need to care so much because this ratio thing has never been proven, not uh, to my knowledge. So the yeah. idea is you can't think that it's heart protective either in that regard. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're out of the woods when it comes to heart exactly. disease yeah. So this is the difficult question. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting as well. But to your knowledge, do people have high cholesterol? So uh, high good cholesterol? Yeah, I, I've seen. And I sometimes don't know what to do because, um, again, a lot of the guidelines focus on the LDL. But having too high a HDL, if you read the, the literature, we you know there are other causes that leads to that. Mm -hmm. So this also um, proves the point that cholesterol metabolism is really not so simple. It's not just, it's not binary. It's, it's low density. And among the low density, there are many kinds of low density. Mm. So imaging, imaging studies now focus on a new LDL uh, molecule called the lipoprotein A, LP little a. That is a genetic, um, it's kind of like a genetic marker to, to determine your risk. So it further risk stratifies an individual's risk for cardiac events. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so LP little a is something I do very routinely and it further risk stratify patients. So again, we're trying to make a very complex problem. It's very simple. We're trying to make it simple. Okay, you know, good HDL and mm. then um, low LDL. But yeah. really, it's not so simple. Yeah. It's not so simple. I've got one minute left. Got another great question that came through. This person didn't leave their name, but says, is there an alternative to taking statins? This is a good question. What is there? That's an excellent question. So... In our armamentum against intensive LDL lowering therapies, we now have different classes of medicines that really work. So one of the new class of uh, medication is what we call the PCSK9-based therapy. And there's two in the market in Singapore. So one is a six-monthly injection known as uh, Inclisiran. The other one is uh, Ropata, where it's kind of like a two-weekly jab. So these medications are safe. And what they do is that they serve to increase the number of LDL receptors or your factory workers so mm. that your body now, your liver becomes a more efficient 
uh, factory to break down the bad cholesterol. And in that way, we hope that it doesn't accumulate in the blood vessels. This is new. This is new and interesting. It's actually not so new, but it's new to the public. Right. So it's kind of like a paradigm shift. And it just shows that we have more than one medication. And if you don't, you know, if statin, you're not suitable to take statins, you have muscle aches or for whatever reason, there are many other classes of medication that you could use to help to lower your LDL. And that helps to reduce your cardiovascular risk. The point is, if you're not in some way reacting well or not comfortable, speak to your doctor. Don't exactly. go without medication. There are options available, alternatives. That's the key yeah. point. Doc, it's been brilliant. Thanks for... I didn't even have to host today. My listeners had such great <laughs> questions, actually. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks yeah. for your time. Right. I've been chatting to Dr. William Cristanto, interventional cardiologist based at Farrah Park Hospital. This has been Health Matters. Before making any decisions based on the information in our program, please consult a medical professional.